Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. And good Monday, everyone. Great to have you with us today. Hope you had a wonderful weekend, uh, a good time, a time of blessing at your churches. Uh, you're going to be treated to the B team today. The A team is away doing other things. Tim is away. Uh, Ed is away. But uh, yours truly, Fred Jackson, sitting in today uh, for the bosses and with me, joining us, the pride and joy of North Carolina, but who's not in North Carolina today, Dr. Alex McFarland. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Fred. It's good to be with you. Where are you, brother? I am in Kingsport, Tennessee, Gravelly Baptist Church, and we're having a great Worldview Weekend. Worldview Weekend. Yes. So what are the topics? Are there a variety of topics or one in particular zeroing in on? Uh, yeah. You know, yesterday I talked about uh, woke culture and how woke culture really threatens our religious freedom. And then last night I did a seminar that I do for young people, what you'll hear your freshman year preparing for the ways that college can challenge your faith. Tonight I'm going to be speaking about a the truly Christian response to the homosexual and transgender movements. Wow. And by the way, it'll be at 6.30 p.m. tonight if you're in the uh, Johnson City, Kingsport, Tennessee area, the Tri-Cities up here, 6.30, Gravelly Baptist Church, and I'll be, again, talking about a you know, truly Christian response to homosexuality and transgenderism. Exciting. Big topics of the day, and uh, always covering the big topics of the day. Also joined by Chris Woodward from American Family News. Good morning. Thank you Good very much. Good morning, Chris. Yeah, great to have you guys with us today. As always, a busy news agenda. We're going to jump right in. There was a big story, Chris, that uh, came out on the weekend, and that had to do with that letter mm -hmm. that the National School Boards Association wrote to the White House. Remember that. It yes. caused a lot of controversy. Basically... The school boards association, or at least some mm -hmm. of the association, writes this letter to the White House saying they're getting worried about their safety, the school boards, because you've got these parents showing up and they're really upset about critical race theory and they're even raising their voices at us. Right. And at one point in the letter, they even referred to them, I think, as domestic terrorists, mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And of course, we know what happened. They send the letter to the White House. Right. And the White House takes a look at it and says, oh, goodness, let's send this off to the Justice Department right away within a couple of days. And then the Justice Department, the Attorney General, Garland, puts out a memo saying the FBI is ready to jump into these school board meetings and get these parents who are causing quite a ruckus mm -hmm. at these meetings. So last week, that became a bone of contention when right. the Attorney General Garland was before the House Judiciary mm -hmm. Committee. Uh, a lot of the Republican members of that committee uh, went at the Attorney General over this. And then, late on Friday, the National School Boards Association put out a letter of apology saying mm -hmm. we're sorry for some of the language that we used in our mm -hmm. letter. Talk about too little, too late. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, miracle upon miracles, they wrote the letter to the White House, and within days... They got action from the White House. No one gets that kind of treatment 
uh, from virtually any administration. That was one of the things that uh, Jim Jordan, for example, uh, brought up in last week's hearing uh, featuring Attorney General Garland. But as you mentioned, uh, on Friday, the National School Boards Association Board of Directors repudiated a letter. Its top two officials sent to President Biden, which precipitated Attorney General Merrick Garland's order that the FBI should investigate complaints of parents to school officials from parents. I've got a little bit of audio here that I can bring in and get your guys' uh, reaction to it. Uh, what you're going to hear now is Missouri Senator Josh Hawley uh, talking about the uh, school board association saying it now regrets the letter. Clip three. Clip three. Okay. Um, yeah, so J- the reason this is important is because Josh Hawley himself uh, is a... L- legal expert he is the former attorney general from the state of missouri and uh josh holly himself uh really went at the school board association um specifically he's had a lot to say in recent days about attorney general garland i mentioned the uh jim jordan audio we played that uh last week uh at the beginning of thursday's show and jordan had concerns because uh basically the collaboration between the school association at that time and the biden administration was for a hotline to be created like, hey, uh, so-and-so was mean to me. I need you guys to start investigating uh, these people. Now, Garland, I think Jordan called it a snitch line. A, a snitch line. A Thank snitch snitch you very line, much. Yes. <laughs> That's why we pay you the big Canadian bucks, Fred. Yeah, so Jordan said, you know, it was a snitch line. Garland went on to say that, you know, we're not investigating parents. They do have the right to uh, engage elected officials, even school board officials, school board members, stuff like that. Um and he went on to say that, you know, what we're investigating is threats. So now we have the audio. This, again, is Missouri Senator Josh Hawley talking about the school board association saying it now regrets sending this letter. Clip. Now four. we find out that the school board association regrets sending that letter that they said they shouldn't have sent it in the first place. Garland based his entire FBI memo on that letter that the school board association has now withdrawn including their allegations that just shows that there was never any basis for this at all and he ought to be accountable for it alex let's go back and dissect this let's let's go back with what precipitated this letter and basically it was as parents have been finding out through the last year because their kids were being kept at home and doing kind of closed circuit learning from their schools The parents began to find out what their kids were being taught at school, things like critical race theory. And then when they have the opportunity through out to, you know, the spring and the summer, they start showing up at school board meetings saying, hold on a sec. We don't agree with this. This is propaganda stuff. And then also what happened in May, you had this incident at a school, I believe it is in Loudoun Mm -hmm. County. It is. In Virginia, where a... So the account goes, a transgender, a male saying he's a girl, goes into a girl's washroom, and the allegation is sexually assaulted her. Mm. Uh, a dad is, shows up at the meeting a while, a, a meeting, you know, uh, several weeks down the road, and then he is upset. He is not violent against any school board member. It's just that somebody in the audience said, I don't believe that your daughter was sexually assaulted. Mm. And, of course, that was caught on camera. But let's, uh, as I say, I want to go back to this letter. I have never heard of a school board association that's a national group calling, going through the White House. And we now know, by the way, Alex, that the White House helped the, the school board association construct the letter. Right. That yeah. was then written 
to the White House and then yeah. finds its way to the Justice Department. You know, isn't it interesting how when the left does something, it's got to be carefully scripted, multiple sets of eyes see it, it's got to be crafted to go along with the narrative. That's another subject, I realize. But look, regarding parents um, going to school board meetings, first of all, every mom and dad has the right, and I would say the responsibility, to know what their children are being taught. I mean, Oh, goodness, uh, this goes back from time immemorial that parents have the right and the responsibility to oversee the raising of their children, and that raising includes what children's believe, what children believe. Um, the other thing is, though, I, I think it's interesting how the the school, um, the teachers' union gets such access to the White House because, see, the current administration and public schools are really co-conspirators of pushing a, a worldview on our nation. They need to work together because uh, they've got this narrative of revisionism and progressive and Marxism that they're trying to inculcate to America. But the final thing, th this apology, look, folks, please don't believe this means that the public schools are backing down from their position of militant secularism. There has been, just in recent weeks, a mass exodus from the public schools to other options, private schooling, Christian schooling, classical education, homeschooling. And see, the, the left doesn't want this, but um, uh, this, this uh, uh, alleged white flag of apology Please don't think that means that they're backing down from their Marxist agenda, because I don't think it means that at all. Chris, on top of all of this, there was this letter. But then you have the Democrat candidate who wants to be the next governor of Virginia, uh, Terry McAuliffe, in a debate with his Republican challenger. And uh, he says, <laughs> parents have no business telling teachers what to teach the kids. Yeah. Well, if the dynamite had, hadn't already been lit, then you had Terry McAuliffe telling parents, keep your mouth shut. The experts know what to teach your kids. Yeah, this is beyond ludicrous. Number one, parents do have a right to know what's going on in their child's school because that parent is paying something uh, that's going to that school, be it tax dollars, donations, if it is a private school or something of that nature. So, yes, parents have a right. Uh, I've been told um, over the last couple of weeks from various people we've interviewed about this situation that parents not only have a right to know, they have a responsibility to engage the school about these Amen. kinds of things. Now, um, you know, this has been a big issue facing McAuliffe as he goes into uh, the gubernatorial election uh, in coming days here, we'll see whether or not it actually backfires from him. I think he has tried to distance himself uh, from that comment. I saw something, I believe it was on Fox News over the weekend, um, saying that uh, he had claimed maybe it was taken out of context or that's not what he meant. The bad news for McAuliffe is nothing on the Internet ever dies. And so everybody from here on, from today up until the election, even after the election, uh, people are going to hear that comment from McAuliffe. I mean, it's just it's ludicrous to tell a, a parent, a taxpayer, that you have no right to uh, say what your child learns. The other really ridiculous thing is we've been told uh, from a lot of people, including teachers, that, look, parents need to be involved with the education system so that way we make sure that, you know, your kids are prepared for the classroom. 
So it, it makes absolutely no sense what McAuliffe said, but we're talking about uh, somebody who's done a lot of questionable things in his time as a governor and a Democrat uh, strategist for the party. Now, Chris, one of the people you talk to is Victoria Cobb. Yes. And she's with the Family Foundation of Virginia. Yes. And we have a, a clip of Victoria Cobb here. Cut five. Well, our concern is just that they're not understanding the situation in front of them. They have they have concerned parents who are simply trying to make their voices heard. And then the school board, like in Loudoun County, shuts down the parent comment, declares it an unlawful meeting, and then they literally arrest a parent for trespassing. And they're claiming that these are the incidences that are generating the need for the FBI to come into the situation. So they just don't understand what's actually happening. If they would simply allow parents the opportunity to give their voice, then no one would be investigating anyone. They're creating situations that are raising the passion level and unnecessarily involving police enforcement. Now, guys, mm-hmm. the reason we talked specifically to Victoria about that was uh, because Loudoun County is really the ground zero, if you will, of this uh, entire situation. It's because of what has happened in Loudoun County going back to April or May uh, and also Fairfax County, another big area up there. Because of the incidents we've seen and talked about on this program, that is why uh, this National School Board Association uh, was concerned and wanted the Biden administration to do something about this because – what happens in Loudoun County ends up happening in other places of the country, across the country, including Texas and California. We've aired those uh, clips as well. Alex, it's really interesting, and, and Chris was just alluding to this. What has happened in Loudoun County, what has happened in Virginia, and has come to light through the media, conservative media for the most part, over the last several weeks is you better pay attention to what your kids are being taught. I was reading a story this morning mm-hmm. And this one from Guilford, Connecticut, which is a suburb of New Haven, Connecticut. I've, and, I've actually spoken there. Really? Yeah, well, here's yes. what's happening. And this is uh, we're we're now talking about uh, of the elections that are being held a week from tomorrow, November 2nd, mm-hmm. across the country. In Guilford, Connecticut, not a bastion of conservatism. All right. Mm-hmm. Suburb of New Haven. The uh, there are three Republicans during the primaries there that got unseated by people who are raising the alarms about critical race theory being taught to their kids there. Mm. So now we're not talking about Virginia. We're not talking about Texas or Florida. We're talking about Connecticut, where parents who say in the past they voted Democrat, and this time, no. Uh, I've said before, Alex, that even parents who have liberal politics, they love their kids. And they're getting very concerned about what their kids are being taught or not taught. Sure. And, you know, isn't it interesting that um, mom and dad are tolerated as long as they're useful to the machine? Hmm. I mean, you can pay your taxes, which include lots of taxes that go for education. Then um, many states have what are called education lotteries, which, uh, you know, that's, I think, a, a definitely a negative thing within our culture. But... Um, you know, you can feed and clothe the children, you can help them be ready for school, you can bring them to school, but when it comes to speaking into what the curriculum contains, um, you you know, that's where your rights as a parent stop. No, it doesn't work both ways. Um, and by the way, I believe, and this is perhaps another topic for another day, but when we talk about um, candidates and their positions on education, I think that parents need to have school choice, 
I think if you want to homeschool or private school your children, you should get a tax break. If not, the the amount of taxes you would have paid for public education, you don't have to pay at all. Um, and I, I've the stories are legion of parents that work 80 and 90 hour weeks so that they can send their children to Christian school or some sort of private school to get uh, an education, not an indoctrination. But but you've got to understand, and I, guys, I know you know this, Chris and Fred, um, the, part of the only way that the left can try to overthrow this country and undermine the Constitution is to spend several generations indoctrinating young people, and the public school and then public universities have been a key uh, really since the early 70s, where the leftists have really, uh, I, I would say, warped the minds of generations. And so mom and dad, not only K-12, through but where you send your son or daughter to the university. Uh, one, one, i got to say this, one dad who, um, his son became an atheist after going to a secular university, he said, I paid this university, uh, $100,000 to disconvert my son mm. from Christianity. So uh, the classroom has been a real battleground and still is a real battleground for the future and the soul of America. Virginia, uh, all eyes are on Virginia. It's being compared. Normally, a gubernatorial election in one state wouldn't gain as much national attention, but it certainly is. And Chris, one of the reasons is is that this is really the first statewide election since last year's uh, 2020 election. Correct, yeah. And uh, so people are watching this because right now the Democrats control Virginia. And uh, if the Republicans were to take over, mm-hmm. uh, that would be bad news for Joe Biden. It would, yes. Uh, it's being viewed as kind of a, an indicator of where things may go in the midterm elections, as you said, because when you take uh, these kinds of situations, the just stupid comment from Terry McAuliffe that uh, parents have no uh, say over what goes on in their kid's school, when you match that with empty store shelves mm-hmm. and uh, higher prices um, it, for all kinds of things, uh, along with the border situation, you've got the mandates for shots and all these things, those are going to be a lot of the issues for voters uh, going into the midterm elections. And also, this race uh, follows, um, you know, whoever this person is that's going to win next Tuesday, a week from tomorrow in Virginia, that individual is going to replace Ralph Northam. Mm-hmm. And Ralph Northam uh, is a very controversial, very liberal uh, governor, has done a lot of things that people didn't like, to the point, Fred, that one uh, conservative talk show host uh, I know and interview sometimes about things going on in Virginia uh, that gentleman has referred to anything and everything controversial that Ralph Northam does as the War of Northam Aggression, uh, which is kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek Civil War reference. So what happens in Virginia is going to be a big issue. Uh, don't just think, well, you know, I don't live or work there. I don't have kids to go to school in that state. People are going to make it an issue going forward. If Terry McAuliffe wins, uh, Democrats are going to seem like they got, you know, a, a good win behind them. If uh, the Republican wins, Republicans are going to point to that as saying, look, we can do this, even if it's a blue place like Virginia. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Another mistake that a parent McAuliffe made that was caught on tape uh, was telling his troops, uh, you know, we're not getting much help from uh, President Biden here. Uh, His numbers are really low, and uh, we may be held accountable for 
the mistakes that Biden has been making. Now, Biden has not campaigned in Virginia yet. He's tomorrow. Tomorrow he's going to cross the Potomac. Did I beat Jumpy there? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he's going to cross the Potomac tomorrow. However, his vice president, Kamala Harris, well, she didn't really cross the Potomac, uh, but she made a video that crossed the Potomac uh, that is being shown last Sunday uh, or two Sundays ago and then yesterday Mm -hmm. in uh, several hundred black churches, we're told. Uh, This is kind of how the commercial sounds cut too. I believe that my friend Terry McAuliffe is the leader Virginia needs at this moment to make health care more affordable, to give every child a world-class education. So there you have it, Alex. Uh, Hey, where's the separation of church and state thing? Uh, Does that Uh, not hold water? Well, you know, it it reminds me, um, President Obama, a time or two spoke in churches that were at, you know, clearly campaign flavored events. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Hey, I would say, given his poll numbers, if uh, Biden and Harris cross the Potomac and come into Virginia, that's a border crisis for you there. <laughs> if, <laughs> you read me? Yeah. I, I'm reading you there. I don't. We're going to be watching this very closely. As I say, there's um, the, the elections uh, next Tuesday across the country. I think um, it's in, uh, is it in Texas? There is a referendum on mm-hmm. religious freedom yes let me uh, look it up in texas and so people you need to be aware of this folks that uh, don't don't just throw off it's it's not even the midterms yet uh watch what is happening because i do believe alex i get your comments on this i do believe there's an awakening going on in our country right now that um perhaps last year there was the reaction to donald trump all right Good or bad as that was, there was a reaction to Donald Trump. But now we've had enough of Joe Biden and seeing what he's done or not done, border crisis, Afghanistan, the economy, all of those sorts of things. All of a sudden, a lot of people are saying this is a referendum now on Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, you know, um, there's the old term coattails. Um, Usually it means people are swept into office on coattails. You know, maybe there will be a lot of people swept out of office on coattails because and, and listen clearly the I, I do pray for President Biden I pray for President Kamala Harris just as I I prayed for the Clintons I prayed for Obama we as believers and I I'm a Christian uh, we are enjoined by the New Testament to pray for leaders and for those in authority right. but you know what I, I think you're right Fred and, and Chris there is this referendum where people are realizing, Look, we're talking about the future of the country here. When uh, the National Archives has a a warning label on our founding documents, like the Bill of Rights and Constitution, saying this might contain offensive language, come on. I mean, regardless of where you are um, spiritually or even necessarily politically, look, we're talking about the unraveling of our nation, and we have got to have leaders in place that believe in our constitutional representative republic. We do not want to be a Marxist gulag. We do not want to be Venezuela or Cuba. And um, if we have time, I want to talk about the word equality later on, perhaps. Oh, absolutely. um, I I would just call on all listeners, yes, to pray for our country, to stay informed and to be registered, yes, and to vote. Absolutely. Hey, listen, much more ahead. As I say, uh, what is happening 
in Virginia uh, is 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 being felt right across the country right now. I do believe next Tuesday is going to represent some kind of referendum. And Chris, when we come back, mm-hmm. I want to talk about uh, something that's going on in the Wellesley area of Massachusetts, yes. not, not far from Boston. Again, Massachusetts, not a conservative stronghold, but there is an awakening in this country with regards to what is being taught to our kids. Want to deal with that story when we come back. You're listening to today's issues, Fred, Chris, and Dr. Alex, and there is much more ahead on this very busy Monday. We're back right after the break. Now more than ever, Christians are looking for a news source they can depend on to give them news coverage from a conservative biblical perspective. We strive to do that at American Family News. We're looking for a Christian journalist who feels led by the Lord to help us accomplish this mission. If you have training and preferably experience in the broadcast journalism field, we would love to talk with you. For further information, contact News Director Fred Jackson at 662-821-2033. You know, when Matthew 19, the, the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. The man who wrote the Declaration of Independence has been given the heave-ho. A statue of Thomas Jefferson evicted from the chambers of the New York City Council. The city's Public Design Commission says the nation's third president owned slaves and therefore is not deserving of a place of honor or tribute. The Jefferson statue had been on display in the chamber since 1833. President Trump was among those who condemned the council's decision. He says the radical left has gone crazy. Mr. Trump predicted the cancel culture mob would soon target Benjamin Franklin and George Washington, and he's not wrong. There was already an effort to remove a mural of President Washington from a high school in San Francisco, all part of an effort to destroy our history and our culture. And the left will not stop until the land of the free, home of the brave is a steaming pile of rubble. Be sure to download a copy of my free podcast available right now at toddstarns.com. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
1 Peter 1.3. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. And indeed, welcome back. Chris, Alex, and Fred with you today. Tim is away and uh, Ed is away. I think Ed is back tomorrow, uh, back joining us, but taking an extra long weekend there. It is October 25th. Now, what does that Hard mean? To believe. We got, all right, uh, Brent is going to calculate. He is the expert calculator <laughs> on shopping days till Christmas. Just but like two months from today is Christmas. Two months from today is Christmas. What a year this has been. And Brenton will give you uh, all that news. now. Time, time has really flown by, guys, but i got to tell you, 2019 is going to be a great year. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, shopping days. How many shopping days, Brent? 60 shopping days left. 60 shopping days. And the advice that's coming is that you should buy right away for Christmas, right? Because the White House is telling us there's going to be a lot of things not available. So you better do your shopping early. And, and they also said we're not FedEx, UPS, or um, the Postal Service. So we can't guarantee delivery that your packages are going to be there on time. And inflation rates. Uh, Alex, I don't know what it's like in North Carolina. Have you noticed uh, as far as gas prices go and uh, food items? Uh, well, food items are, depending on what you're after, scarce. Oddly enough, I, you know, I've... Things like uh, soap and toothpaste seem to be scarce on shelves, but oh my goodness, gasoline has really gone up. Mm -hmm. I mean, gasoline is up, and I, and I do quite a bit of traveling. I drove from North Carolina to Tennessee over the weekend, and I stopped for gas once, and um, I noticed in one place it was about three sixty nine. In another place I stopped, it was four ten, four dollars wow. and ten cents. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I'm telling you. Um, I'm not saying that uh, Trump didn't say things that were rude and abrasive sometimes, but that, that Trump economy, we're feeling it and we miss it. <laughs> That's for sure. I actually calculated uh, earlier this year we had an ice storm, uh -huh. and mm -hmm. uh, I got stuck at home for several days, uh, as did a lot of people. And uh, I calculated at one point how long it could how long it would take me to walk from my house to AFR. It's about a three hour hike. And I thought about that the other day. I was like, man, if diesel goes up anymore, we'll be walking. I know, but you. but you know, Alex, you can probably survive because you are a home producer of peanut butter. As I rep, uh, I, I think I remember that. We we do. We you know, I come from a long long farm family, and so uh, let me tell you. Um, it's been a while since we've done some, you know, growing corn and all that stuff, but uh, you never know. Uh, we, we, uh, we remember how to grow things. But, yes, I do make a, a brand of peanut butter that my grandmother taught me how to make. All right. And it's very good. I've had it. And it's God bless it's you. American Family Peanut Butter. <laughs> there we go. We need to get that in the AFA store. But, there, um, there you go. Absolutely. Chris, just before we went to the break, we were talking about the fact that Across this country, there is a rise in sensitivity amongst parents with regards to what their kids are being taught. Yes. It's not just Virginia. It's not just Texas. It's not just Florida. Uh, there's there's a story. It's, I think, from CBS, a CBS affiliate in mm -hmm. Wellesley, Massachusetts, 
which isn't far from Boston. Tell us about that. Yes, there is a federal lawsuit over this case. Basically, the school system in Wellesley, Massachusetts, uh, excluded white students from certain events. So they segregated students, which is not allowed in this country. And uh, the student or school system actually banned the phrase Blue Lives Matter from being used as well. There is a organization called Parents Defending Education, which oftentimes they actually defend parents in situations involving education. But uh, I spoke with Nicole Needley, the head of Parents Defending Education, about her organization's federal lawsuit against this school system in Wellesley, Massachusetts, clip nine. We filed a complaint with the Office of Civil Rights. Uh, we didn't hear back from them. And after we filed that and publicized it, we started hearing from more families in the district about lots of other problems. And it reached such a point and such a volume that we thought, wow, this district really does have a pattern and practice of violating students' rights. And so on Tuesday, we filed a federal lawsuit charging that the segregated affinity groups are a violation both of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 under Title VI, as well as of the Equal Protection Clause of the uh, 14th Amendment. Um, we also challenged the school has a biased speech policy, where they encourage students to report on each other, um, which in turn has chilled student speech altogether. So that's a violation of students' First Amendment rights, as well as of the Massachusetts Student Free Expression Law. Now, to Fred's point, uh, it's not just conservative parents and families in conservative areas of the country. Nicole mentioned there, we've heard from families in the district about all kinds of things going on here. Odds are, those aren't conservative families because it's Massachusetts near Boston, not exactly a red area of the country. Alex, mm -hmm. if <laughs> segregating out white, white students being told you're not allowed to attend these events, we all know the mainstream media, and rightly so, would be all over a story that said black students weren't allowed to attend events. But it took a lawsuit by a parents group for this to make the news that white students were being told by this particular school or school district, you're not allowed to attend certain events at our school. It's absolutely amazing. Well, it is. It is. You know, uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson, he and I were just in a conference and in one of his speeches, and by the way, you can hear him on um, his program on AFR called The Awakening. That's I right. strongly urge you to listen 12, to that. 12 He's, Central each day. 12 yes. Noon. Yep. In addition to being a minister, E.W. Jackson is a Harvard-educated attorney, an expert on the Constitution and current events. He's a brilliant man. But he, he gave a speech where he talked about segregation, how really the, the left and, and the viewpoint discrimination that the left engages in, like restraining the speech and saying certain phrases are banned, there's, there's a new type of segregation being imposed on students and on groups, and you're, you're right. And while, look, we, we condemn racism in any form, but also we condemn racism against Caucasians. Yes. And I, I realize it may sound self-serving, myself being a Caucasian, just by the providence of God, that's my ethnicity, I'm white, but we, we also, if we're going to condemn racism as we should, uh, let's make sure that we're not, um, not failing to call out when whites are segregated and marginalized. Yeah, it's still it's still wrong. Either way, you know, uh, Dr. King made his uh, famous speech where he talked about how he had a dream that there would be one day where people would be judged for the content or their character, not the color of their skin. And I think at some point, maybe in the 90s, uh, we seem to be kind of moving in that direction. But now, 
uh, really in the last five years, we've kind of gone back to the situation that we were in 50-some-odd years ago, only the situation is reversed, mm-hmm. and people are you know, being left out, ignored, ridiculed, uh, villainized, uh, and you know it, that doesn't make it right either. Well, Chris, I've I've got to say this: the left has always been about dividing, dividing and conquering, right? Right. Now we've seen class envy for years, class envy. But but right now, whether it's uh, masks or no masks, vaccinations or no vaccinations, whether it's uh, Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter, or you know the the left. They're trying to further divide and sequester people from each other because, again, they're trying to deconstruct America and impose a new America. Why would they do that, Alex? Why, why, did they, why would they want to take a country that has been a bastion of freedom? Why would they want to take a country that so many people are trying to break into because mm-hmm. they get a better life here? So I'm not... I'm not Following the logic, I know. millions of people want to come to this country because they see it as a country of opportunity, yet those on the left in our universities, our professors, in our media, and many of our politicians say, we need to change all that. We need to wipe all of that out. Well, you know, isn't it interesting how the, the left elite, whether it's Biden or, you know, going down the pike, Hollywood elites... Uh, those that are for open borders live in gated communities. Mm. The, those that want economic equality are themselves wealthy. Okay, here's the thing. You know, Venezuela and Cuba are not having a border crisis. No. You know, Croatia and Haiti do not have a border crisis because nobody wants to go to those places unless mm. it's on mission trips to do human relief, right? Right. So, I'll say this, and and maybe we don't have time to fully unpack this right now, but look, for those that want to deconstruct this Judeo-Christian America and build something new, it's because the state is their God. See, everybody's got a God. It's either the true and living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, or it's some Marxist utopia. And the reason they're so bent on that Everybody wants some sort of um, God that, that, or wants to have this ultimate thing. You know, by, by the way, let me just inject this. I'm sure you guys have heard of Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a scientist, but he's really more of a pop star now, uh, just whether it be like um, Richard Dawkins, the atheist. It, it's interesting, these militant secularists, they don't acknowledge a creator, they don't acknowledge morality, they, they live their lives without God, and yet they want a legacy. They want to invest themselves in something that will outlast them. Now, um, I, I've been following this, and the reason I bring up scientists, because whether it's a celebrity, or whether it's a scientist, or whether it's a politician, um, if you don't have the true and living God as your ultimate highest good of life, you're going to build some other God in its place. And for those that are—and this is why, I mean, there's citizenship, but there's also Christianity. We need to help people find the Savior. Otherwise, they'll be building some Tower of Babel, and the, the fallout and the repercussions touch all of our lives. 
Alex, uh, streaming from your comment there, I just want to go back. <clears throat> we mentioned this briefly, I think, before the break, and this is also uh, next Tuesday, November 2nd, in Texas, this proposition uh, about religious freedom, Chris, mm-hmm. that we, we talked about. And I, I find it very interesting coming off of 12 to 18 months of COVID restrictions. And you know what it was like in California and other places where churches were forbidden to meet. Right. And then there were churches that elected to do so just out of concern for COVID. But I think there was an agenda, and now we see this resolution in Texas Mm -hmm. with regards to, and it's a proposed constitutional amendment that would restrict the government's ability to place restrictions on worship services. Yes. That'll be on the ballot in Texas, a constitutional amendment there. But again, it, it took, I guess it took the pandemic. It took the experience that some politicians, I believe, took advantage of because they're anti-Christian, not so much they were concerned about people's health. Right. They, right. Took, adva- they took advantage of this. Sadly, it's still happening in places like Australia and Canada where they're, mm. they are arresting pastors in Canada still today yeah. over meeting at services. In, in some way, I, I almost, and please understand what I'm saying, there, guys, there's, there's a positive result coming out of all of this in that people's awareness that we do have forces in this country that are very much against Christians, very much against Christians meeting and, and the freedom that we enjoy in this country. And now we're having to bring in constitutional amendments in states that protect what we thought, right. what we thought was a First Amendment right. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, in, in the in the case of Texas, it's uh, Proposition 3, and just reading here, it says it would prohibit the state or a political subdivision of the state from prohibiting or limiting religious services of religious organizations. Uh, a number of states have kind of moved in this direction. Um, earlier this year, I spoke with uh, Jerry Cox of uh, the Family Council there in Arkansas. They have a similar um, situation. Some other states have moved in this direction. So Texas is just looking to add to the list. Just to kind of recap some of the crazy things we were told uh, over the last year and a half, uh, you could go to Walmart, but you couldn't go to church. You could uh, you could go to a liquor store or maybe even uh, in a casino. Yeah, a casino. There yeah. were places, Fred, where a strip club was allowed to operate, but you, you couldn't go to church. Yeah. And, and yeah. to your point, um, I think a lot of it is just uh, kind of an anti-Christian bias because we did not see a lot of stories about people who went to worship in some Buddhist temple uh, about a COVID outbreak there. Yeah. We didn't see virtually any stories about people gathering at a mosque on a Friday. Or the imams. The one story that I can recall off the top of my head about um, the Jewish the Jewish population is because there's a, a group of uh, a particular type of Jews Hasidic in Jews. the New York area that yes. was really fighting various mandates. They were the ones that got uh, some coverage there, but oftentimes it was always the, these Christians are gathering, and that's the reason why we have COVID. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't Mm -hmm. because people were going to Walmart. Right. So, Alex, uh, your comments, just uh, like I say, if there's a positive coming out of this, it is a raising of the the awareness that the freedoms that we have enjoyed, that there are elements in this country that want to take those freedoms away. We may not have believed that unless we have had this pandemic. 
Yeah, I know. And uh, do you know, um, if the Lord has not come back and if history is still going on a century from now, uh, I really think historians are going to write about how the, the pandemic was leveraged, or at least attempted to be leveraged by politicians for a great global reset. But by, by the way, guys, I've got to tell you something. Um, I love to read sociology books, and I'm reading a book right now by a man named Jonah Goldberg. It's called The Suicide of the West. Mm. And it's very interesting, because the bottom line, this, this uh, writer is just giving volumes of documentation about how America not only gave more wealth to more people, more liberty, uh, the rise of technology, everything from penicillin to air conditioning to airplanes to television. You know, America has just been this enclave of achievement and all of this stuff. And he says, it's very interesting, he's in the opening pages of this one book, very academic book, he says, look, the data that I'm going to give you Lest you think I'm an evangelical right-wing Christian, I'm not. Jonah Goldberg, he's Jewish. I don't know what I believe about God. He says I might be an agnostic. He said, but the data, you're going to think I'm a Trojan horse conservative. But he said, I'm not. I'm merely reporting. But he said, the secret to this nation has been our moral foundation. It unequivocally was founded on the Bible. The secret has been families and church. And he said, I'm simply reporting, if you want to understand why America was so prosperous, so stable, so benevolent, so successful, it was God and family. Uh, we can lose that, but we will lose what made us great. And, and I'm reading secular sociologists and historians like Rodney Stark, another one named David Goldberg. The, guys, they're, they're preaching our sermons for us. I mean, you, you would think it was James Dobson or Chuck Colson, but the, the data doesn't lie. And so um, with COVID, to your point, uh, Fred, it's interesting. You know, uh, COVID doesn't go to liquor stores or grocery stores, but it does go to churches because church is a super spreader event. Folks, um, we need to be calm but stay informed and live live and act on our convictions. Amen. Um, and we, I'm glad for this Texas law because one, one thing that is absolutely an essential service and organization, that's the Church of Jesus Christ, and we dare not lose yeah. it. Amen. We had a situation in 2020 here in Mississippi. First Liberty actually defended the pastor of this church. It's a, pa uh, it's a church over in the, uh, the Mississippi Delta area, so western Mississippi, if you were— uh, picturing our state on a map. Uh, and so the, the pastor, due to COVID restrictions, is doing a service where people pull up in their cars and they listen to him preaching through a their drive, radio. A right? drive-in yeah. service. Number of churches I have remember done this. this. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, the, uh, the local law enforcement uh, agency rolls in with a bunch of cars and they're there to ticket the pastor, arrest some people, things of that sort. The, the really crazy thing about that particular situation was I interviewed the attorney, and he told me that near the church was a Sonic, and you could go to the Sonic and sit inside your car Drive listening in. to your radio, eating your chili dog, uh -huh. but you couldn't go to the church and hear the man preach a message from God. See, there, there's mm. a, even if you're atheist, there's no logic to that. No. There's yeah. absolutely well, no it's, logic. It's hard to logicize, if that's the word, the illogical, but that's yes. what we try to do here uh, on AFR on a daily basis.
Amen. Well, and you know, the the first paragraph of our founding document says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights among these life. The first most fundamental right is life, and yet uh, we abort babies by the millions. That's illogical. And so we, um, we're, we're a country that has got to come to grips with truth. Amen. Yeah, Next well, story. I, yeah, well, let's do this real quick because it has gotten a lot of uh, mentions over the weekend. It will still be mentioned a lot because, again, Joe Biden is going to be going to uh, um, speak for uh, Terry McAuliffe tomorrow in Virginia. Uh, the president's actually going to be in New Jersey today to promote his infrastructure and social agenda bills, things of that sort. Now, I bring all this up because last Thursday, Joe Biden was asked on CNN, primetime television, have you been to the border? And he said he hasn't had a lot of time to go to the border. Clip one. Do you have plans to visit the southern border? Uh, I've been there before and I haven't. I mean, I know it well. I guess I should go down. But the but, but the whole point of it is I haven't had a whole lot of time to get down. I've been spending time going around looking at the $900 billion worth of damage done by uh, by hurricanes and floods and and weather and tra- and traveling around the world, but uh, I plan on now. My wife Jill has been down. No, you haven't, Joe. No, you haven't been busy doing those things you just told us. That is simply not true. Well, he hasn't made time to go, and and the weather-related trips were a ways back. It's not like we've had just storm after storm after storm, and he's flying around on Air Force One spewing all kinds of emissions he doesn't want us to put into the atmosphere while he fights climate change. He hasn't made time to go. And he hasn't been flying around the world. Was he offshore Mm -hmm. once? Uh, he's actually going to fly around the world uh, for a climate conference coming That's up. That's coming up, yeah. but he said he's been flying around the world. Well, yeah, he did go to, uh, they had some sort of uh, brouhaha. For where, a few days. They all rubbed elbows and violated the restrictions we're told to follow. Yeah. We all know yeah. what's going on here, Alex. We know what's going on here. Yeah. He doesn't want to go down the border for the same. Kamala Harris goes down there, spends a day in El Paso, Nowhere near mm-hmm. where the big problems were. Right. And then flies off to California to have roast beef at our house out there. My my favorite thing about this story, though, Alex, you may have seen this. We had it on our website Friday. And this person who wrote this for the Associated Press, I, I need to check and figure out whether or not they still are gainfully employed by the Associated Press. But the AP did a fact check on his comment there that he hasn't had time. And uh, in that same little exchange with CNN, Joe Biden said that his wife had been to the border, you know. <laughs> And you kind of think, okay, well, First Lady, she's a representative of the administration. No. The AP pointed out the Associated Press, which is oftentimes basically the press release news agency for a Democratic administration, said Jill Biden has been to the border, but not, as Joe Biden implies, as the eyes and ears of a president consumed with crises. She wasn't First Lady, and he wasn't president when she went to Brownsville, Texas in December 2019 and walked across to... Mantaromos, Mexico, to hand out Christmas meals and toys to the families of asylum seekers and witness their living conditions. No, Alex, at uh, uh, the bottom line, they do not, the, uh, the White House does not want the media following the president down to the border to no. actually have the backdrop would be the crisis that's happening that's down there. They, they don't want it. And, and look, the, the, the job of the president 
is, among others, is to look after the, the needs and the interests of the American people. Here's the thing. He, he should go and see it. That would be a bad photo op for sure. But secure the border. Yeah. Stop the influx of illegals. Absolutely. Uh, and and don't rush. here's one thing, and I want to get your comment on it. Uh, another story that broke on the weekend. You know, Joe Biden, one of the first things he did was ordered uh, the Trump wall to, to stop yeah. building that. Man. Guess what we found out on the weekend? Joe Biden has a, <laughs> Joe Biden has a summer home in Delaware on the beach. Yes. At taxpayers' expense, building a half million dollar wall around his summer cottage. Wait, for, so you're telling me that Biden is building the wall? <laughs> he is He's building a but wall, but not the one you think. But right. not the one you think. No, he wants. And, and, and let's just stop there for a second. Walls protect people. He stops building a wall on our southern border that is built, that the design is to protect the American people from those who want to enter the country illegally. Mm. But he does well, expect the American taxpayer to spend half a million dollars putting a wall around his summer house. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, and, and let, me, let me say this, and, and guys, you, you rein me in if I get off track here. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen in the news about Alec Baldwin. And the, the tragic accident, my heart goes out. I've been praying for Alec Baldwin. I mean, th that must be an unthinkable amount of pain. I feel so sorry for him that mm -hmm. a tragic accident on a movie set, uh, a prop gun went off, and one person was injured, one person was killed. I'm, I'm so sorry that happened. That's so tragic. But I thought the left was anti-gun. But mm. when it's a movie, they get paid millions of dollars to act in. They yeah. use guns. Yeah. They're against borders, but yet they build walls and live in gated communities. Yeah. The hypocrisy of the left. By the way, I referred to Biden's Delaware as a summer place cottage. Mm -hmm. It's uh, worth $2.7 million. <laughs> Probably more wow. than three, three bedrooms and two baths. Now that's a cottage. That's a cottage. All right. Uh, no end to the hypocrisy there, folks. Hey, listen. Uh, we got to wrap things up. Say goodbye to Chris for now. Goodbye. Chris, uh, we'll Thank Lord you, willing, Chris. see you tomorrow. Uh, don't go away. We're going to take a break. Five minutes for news. And then we're coming back. And Steve Jordan will be here with some more breaking news from around the world and our country and next door. Don't go away. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.